0: Hello, everyone! Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody.
1: that's what trudeau. it sounded like on the thanksgiving weekend in ottawa prime minister justin trudeau visited someone's backyard to greet a newly arrived afghan refugee and his family this man had worked for the canadian embassy in afghanistan He was brought out when the Taliban took over in August. Canada has pledged to take in 40,000 vulnerable Afghans. So far, just 2,500 have made it here. There have been 14,000 applications and 9,000 of those have been approved. But for the most part, these people are stuck in other countries while they wait or are still trying to get out of Afghanistan on their own. As we reported recently, there have been private efforts by international partners and the Canadian Jewish community to help get some of Afghanistan's women cyclists out, and other at-risk figures too. Canadian-Israeli businessman Sylvan Adams teamed up with some neighboring Arab countries and with Israel's largest relief agency, and he paid to charter two private planes, which helped get two groups out so far. The latest group arrived by plane in Albania on October 2nd. There were 120 women on it including police officers and judges and cyclists and family members of a diplomat and more. But rescuers including Israel, Aid, are getting frustrated and impatient with the slow pace of Canada's immigration bureaucracy which they say is preventing the rescue of even more people right now.
0: It's very concerning I would say because um you know we've we've all been very inspired by the um statements Um, and by the amount of people that Canada committed to to take. Uh, But I spoke to quite a few government officials in Canada and and people from uh, ambassadors, Canadian ambassadors, who really want to help, but they really lack uh, the clear strategy and the clear instruction from the ministry.
1: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, October 14th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Yotam Politzer is the CEO of Israel Aid, and he's just returned back home to Israel after he spent a month on the Afghan border, from where he directed the unprecedented rescues. It involved Afghan operatives, new passports, safe houses, checkpoints with Taliban guards, and so much more. Normally, Israel Aid does disaster relief work in places like Haiti after an earthquake. Smuggling 160 Afghan women out was a first. Canada's role in this involved high-level negotiations to try to get visas for the refugees to come here. Only with these guarantees would a third party, like the United Arab Emirates or Albania, agree to house the refugees temporarily along their journey. Israel says they want to take 100 more people out the same way, and they're blaming the recent Canadian federal election, which halted the refugee processing programs during the campaign. Coming up, Israid's Yotam Politzer on what he wants Canada to do, and what it was like behind the scenes of the rescue. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Josh Zilberberg in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. We told you yesterday that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was leading a delegation to a global anti-Semitism and Holocaust remembrance conference in Malmo, Sweden. Well, during Wednesday's speech at that conference and he gave it virtually, not in person, Trudeau announced that Canada is making the position of special envoy on antisemitism and Holocaust remembrance permanent and it's getting funding and staff. Professor Erwin Kotler has been in the role since last November. Mm-hmm. Canadian Israeli businessman Sylvan Adams will be flying to Albania on Thursday to meet up with his refugees. This group of 125 are now staying in a local resort hotel, waiting for word on whether Canada will take them in and when. Meanwhile, Israel's Yotam Politzer also is waiting for Canada to move, but he's already met this second group of Afghan women and their families when he flew with them into Albania. And Yotam Pulitzer joins me now from his home in Tel Aviv. You were there, you met them when they came to the UAE. Uh, were you there when you saw some of them in Albania? Yes?
0: Yeah, I was there in a neighboring country accepting them when they reached there. We were there with them a few days and I was there with them on a plane to Albania.
1: So what is the condition of, because what we see on the news is so scary for the people. There's no food. There's no, there's nothing. The, the economy collapsed.
0: They came out of a war. I mean, there's no better uh, way to describe. They came out of a war. Most of them came with nothing but the clothes they were wearing. Um you know, we've had quite a few um, women who are pregnant. We had ch- children who are two and three months old. We had elderly. So, so, um, and, and and these these uh, Afghans that we evacuated, um, they're the elite of of Afghanistan. They're the most educated people. There are people who work with the U.S. or with Canada or in human rights organizations or female judges or, or, you know, families of diplomats. So it's really, it's really the high, you know, the elite in a way, the the most educated people. Um, And and then um, they were all in hiding since the Taliban uh, took over and they were moving between different shelters um, in a very difficult condition, both physically and mentally. So, so obviously, when they when they finally got out, it was it was you know it's hard to describe the the, the felt, feelings of, of relief and and um, kind of the, they were all able to finally breathe after more than a month of, of being in hiding. Uh, but you can definitely see the scars uh, again, both the physical and the mental that these people have. And, and by the way, one of our main goals right now in Albania is um, is to send our team uh, with trauma specialists to support also um, the psychological uh, impact of of this um, conflict.
1: You know, we are aware, and people have said, that the Taliban hates Israel. So how did they allow these people out? Was it a lie? Did you have to bribe them? How did that that happen?
0: Um, Well, first of all, they didn't know that Israelis are behind it. And um, we are very sensitive about it. Um, but obviously we have to be very careful. We have to be careful when dealing with the Taliban period, but definitely when it's an Israeli organization, you have to be extra careful. Um, and we had to take a lot of uh, security measures um, and, uh, and the people that we, we evacuated knew about the Israeli connection um, at the later stage. Do you think they wouldn't have wanted to come out if it was known I'm, to I'm, sh- I'm sure they wanted to come out. And, and to be honest, like all of them, when they heard that they were supported or rescued by Israelis they were thrilled and and they were surprised they didn't expect that but uh, but they were thrilled and they were happy and they didn't have any problem.
1: You had to use a different way to get out the second time than the first could you speak to that?
0: Yeah yeah and the second time um, it was very complicated to do a land crossing so we um, we tried. And we didn't succeed, so we had to um, find a different solution, and uh, and we were able to, which was also very challenging. We were able to charter a plane and to fly uh, from the northern part of uh, Afghanistan to uh, to Albania to to a neighboring country, and from there to Albania, um, which is where uh, where these uh, refugees are right now. Um, Again, uh, just different set of challenges um, to fly because you know everyone needed passports, not all of them had passports. We had to find a way to to get them some the passports, real passports actually, but it was again a complicated uh, uh, operation that he, uh, that uh, required the support of some um, Afghan diplomats abroad um, to bring these people passports into Afghanistan so they can fly out. How much
1: does it cost to charter a plane like that? From uh, the, the country yeah. where they charter it depends.
0: It. Um, it depends. It ranges, and it ranges between one hundred twenty thousand dollar to three hundred seventy thousand dollar, depending on where the plane is living from, depending on the size. Um, but um, yeah, depending on the permits that you need. But
1: um, yeah. now I want to ask you. Talk mentioned Canada. You know, the Canadian government had an election in the middle of when Afghanistan was falling. Um, what impact, in your opinion, uh, did that have on the speed or actually any of these operations that you were putting together?
0: Look, I think with Canada, we got a very positive uh, initial response from the government that, you know, they understand that the people that we were um, evacuating were extremely vulnerable and um, the government agreed to prioritize them. In the process of resettlement, they cannot commit, obviously, but they can prioritize and expedite the process, which we know could take very long. Um, but you know, because of the election, a lot of these things were kind of, I would say, put on the side, and um, it's very concerning, I would say, because um, you know we've we've all been very inspired by the um, statements um, and by the amount of people that Canada committed to took, to take. Uh, But I spoke to quite a few government officials in Canada and and people from uh, ambassadors, Canadian ambassadors, who really want to help, but they really lack uh, the clear strategy and the clear instruction from the ministry. Um, So very concerned, but also very hopeful that, um, you know, for our groups and for other groups as well, uh, there will be a much um, faster um, path for resettlement in Canada, whether it's through private sponsorship—that you know we have many in the Jewish community who want to help and support—or through other channels of of, of immigration, um, you know these people are extremely extremely vulnerable, and and I'm very concerned that they will be stuck in these uh, refugee camps for years um, until um, until the process will be finalized.
1: It is concerning. On the other hand, they're out of Afghanistan.
0: You're right. The art of Afghanistan, these people that we extracted, we have more that we want to bring out. Um, and we can't bring these others out until the, the first groups, the first two groups that we have have a clear path. So that's 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 one of the challenges.
1: What does in that Indiana. look like? What does that look like?
0: That means we have almost a hundred p- people that we want to take out uh, um, that are connected actually to the last group, directly connected. You know, by family or by others, and we can't take them out until these groups um, have. You know, ba- based on the other countries, and, and and you know, understandably so, these countries like the UAE, Albania, and and many other and few other countries who who have been observing refugees um, from Afghanistan um, with the intention that that would be um, for transit. Um, you know, these refugees, thousands of them, are are are, are still in these countries without a clear uh, date, uh, you know, for to continue to the to Canada or to the U.S. or to a few other countries. So I think that's a big challenge for these countries. They want to see that there's a movement there in order for them to allow other people to, to come.
1: And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality and customer care. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, don't forget to write to me and tell me why you should be interviewed on the CJN Daily. This is part of our contest to mark the 100th episode, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. My email address is e-b-e-s-s-n-e-r at thecjn.ca. Meanwhile, the annual Mental Health Empowerment Day event is coming up Sunday, October 17th. It helps young people in the Jewish community. Therapist Leanne Matlow is the organizer and we'll close today's episode with this clip from William Shatner, the Canadian actor who is now a space traveler for real. He completed his flight Wednesday on Jeff Bezos' suborbital spaceship and he was overcome with emotion after he landed back on Earth. What you have given me is the most profound experience I can imagine. I'm so Filled with emotion about what just happened. I I just, it's extraordinary, extraordinary.